the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Seven minutes after 10 o'clock means our number two is underway on this Thursday. It's the 15th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2021. Thanks again to Brad Parscale, former Trump campaign manager and now current campaign advisor to Jim Renacci. I think it's going to be a very, very good governor's race, and I think it's going to be a great outcome. Um, and that means Mike DeWine will no longer be governor of this state. Uh, I want to welcome now Dr. Everett Piper back to our program. Dr. Piper is our regular Thursday guest. Dr. Piper is a past university president. He is a uh, columnist for the Washington Times, runs a column every week on Sundays. He is also a best-selling author of two books, and he is a radio host in his native Oklahoma as well. Dr. Everett Piper, good morning. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. How is Grow Up doing? It's doing well. It's it's uh, it's still up there. I don't know what number it is, but it's still up there in the top uh, 150 to 200 books in its category. But uh, I could always use more support. Uh, so anybody out there listening that wants to go buy Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe But It's Good, you can do so by just going to any online bookstore and uh, buy that and maybe get uh, n- not a daycare, uh, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth as a package deal. I am counting on everybody in our listening audience having already uh, having already read uh, 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 not a daycare, but the second one, the sequel, if you will, the follow up, uh, grow up, of course, is the newer one. So that's the one. Absolutely, get that one. And if you've already read not a daycare, get the package deal anyway, like Doctor Piper just said, and give it to somebody who hasn't read it yet. Give it to a family member, a colleague, somebody who needs to really understand uh, the importance of uh, treating kids, treating young Gen Zers. Uh, 
as uh, you know with reality and not the fantasy uh, protected lifestyle that they seem to be uh, feel like they're entitled to. So very important. Read both of those books. Okay, Doctor Piper, let's dive in. Um, we got some. We got a couple of rough ones here today, to be honest with you. And I don't know which one to start with. So I guess I'm just going to fire on the uh, medical journal. This is a prominent medical journal uh, that is uh, called the Journal of Medical Ethics that last month had an article written, published by a bioethics professor named Maura Priest, who argued that when it comes to transition-related pediatric care, that's actually a thing, transition-related pediatric care. To me, it's pediatric abuse, but that's my opinion. According to this journal and this particular professor, Dr. Piper, parents need to butt out. Parents should not have what they term as a veto if and when a child decides they want to begin the process of transitioning. Mind you, I said child, not adult. I'm talking about young kids, uh, minors, uh, whether they be teenagers, preteen adolescents, or even younger than that. If they decide they're not a boy and they're not a girl and their mind doesn't match with their, their body, parents don't get a veto. They should not have uh, the deciding say in all of this. And you say what? Well, this is very consistent with the story that you and I discussed last week where the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus came out and posted their song, which was titled, We Are Going to Convert Your Children. Now, why am I saying there's a tie here? Well, it ties into the common theme, the common narrative from the progressive left, and that is this. You, as a parent, have no rights and, frankly, no responsibility, nor, no moral authority over your children. They're actually telling you that they know better than you how to raise your kids, how to teach your kids, how to inculcate values in your children, and that the state is going to take your kids away, and they're going to do with your kids what they want. That's not an exaggeration. That song from the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus was exactly emblematic of what's going on in our schools. I mean, my land, the Chicago School District is handing out condoms to fifth graders. They're 10 years old, my land, and they're handing out condoms to fifth graders. They don't care what the parents think. They're giving 10-year-old and 11-year-old boys condoms. And then you've got this woman who's teaching porn literacy to high school kids in New York City. Well, what could possibly go wrong with that, teaching porn literacy to a bunch of teenage boys? And now you've got this ethicist coming forward and saying that if your kid wants to transition from his biological reality to some sort of false construct, of what he is, that the parents have no say in that, and they actually peg a date, an age, to that claim, 12 years of age. 12 years of age. So if your kid is confused at 12 years of age, you have no right to step in and stop him from having doctors amputate functioning organs from his body. This is the dumbing down of the age of consent. Where is this going to lead? Because if your kid is of age to make a decision sexually as to what his sexual identity is going to be or not be, then why wouldn't that claim that he's of age to do that not also be a claim that he's of age to engage sexually? These people need to look up the word pederasty. 
And now, as you know, I hashtagged this story by saying, can you spell pederasty? You know, Dr. Piper, I believe every state in America has a rule, a law, that says if you are under the age of 18, you cannot get a tattoo without parental consent because you're essentially... I don't want to say the word mutilating your body, uh, you know, uh, but but you are fir- permanently changing your body or altering your body or putting a, a mark that's on your body forever. And, you know, when you're under 18, you're probably not old enough to make a decision like that because this is forever. Yet they are pushing in the journal, the medical journals, that that kids can, can block their puberty, that can block their hormones, that can begin the process of completely, fundamentally altering, changing, transforming their body from one sex into some weird um, Frankensteinian version, if that's a word, uh, of, of the opposite sex. No tattoos, but you can do that to your body? How, how does that work? It makes no logical sense, and this is why... I believe that the more you speak, Bob, and the more I speak, and the more your listeners get courage and confidence and grow a spine and engage in culture with logic and reason that we can win. Because the progressive worldview makes no sense. They're sawing off the branch upon which they sit. It's like watching a dog chase its tail. It'd be funny if it weren't so sad. Because they make these claims of, I can't tolerate your intolerance, and I hate hateful people. They make these claims of, I believe in inclusion, but I'm going to exclude you. It's self-refuting at every turn. And then they come forward and they start talking about um, children and the fact that they need to be protected within our culture. But then they turn around and they start enabling children to make decisions at 12 years of age and they exclude the parents from that decision-making process. It makes no sense. It's illogical, it's illegal, and it's immoral, and we have every reason to raise our hand and speak up and say, you know, this is wrong, this is harmful to children. No 12-year-old is mature enough to make these types of decisions. By virtue of being 12, they're stupid. They know nothing. That's what parents are for. And whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, even if you're a secularist, even if you have no faith at all, you should be able to understand just by looking at the reality of life around you that children need guidance and you shouldn't release them to make life-altering choices when they're 12. Um, One would argue not only allow them to make life-altering choices, but should they even be part of the discussion? Uh, Because I want to read the close of the article you and I are speaking of. The child should at first begin to sit in on the discussions between parents and pediatricians about their health. Once the child reaches a certain level of maturity, they don't, they don't uh, dictate what that is, by the way. The child should become an equal part of a now three-way discussion about their health care. While the way to determine the correct age for maturity is not something I have a conclusive thought on at the moment, writes this same um, uh, uh, doctor, this professor, my guess would be around age 12 and uh, that they become an equal party to the discussion, end quote. Once again, I don't have negotiations, or I didn't when my kids were 12, on what the rules were going to be of the house, much less what mutilation they decide they want to do to their body. There's no negotiation. You do what I tell you, because as you just said, and I thought it was very profound, they're stupid. That's not an insult. That's a recognition of their age and their development and their mental, their, their, their biological development, their mental development, and so forth. They're stupid by nature at that age. That's the bottom line. We don't have to negotiate with them. 
And here, here's a, I'll, I'll throw out a note of encouragement uh, on this particular discussion. When you get people like Bill Maher agreeing with what you just said and agreeing with what I just said. Now, Bill Maher disagrees with your faith. He disagrees with your conservative morality. Bill Maher and I are on opposite sides of the conversation on so much. But Bill Maher is out saying pretty much exactly what you just said, that when you're young, you're stupid. You do not have enough life experience to be making these types of decisions. Maybe you ought to take a spoonful of humility and learn from those who have been around the block a time or two. Within the Church, this is called tradition, okay? This is called respecting the, 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 the lessons of history. And Bill Maher is agreeing with you. That should be an indication and a note of encouragement for everybody listening that we can still prevail if we just don't give up speaking the truths that have been tested by time. Dr. Piper, I want to uh, pivot away from the trans part of this discussion and back into, you already used some of what was in your uh, Washington Times column here, and I want to go to the schools and the NEA, the National Education Association, and what they are pushing. Uh, And I'll quote you here, which quotes them. The NEA offers the following. We resolve to develop a a study to critique patriarchy, cis-heteropatriarchy, capitalism, ableism, and anthropocentrism. In other words, they are telling you right up front, they will be teaching your kids that two-parent families, strong and responsible fathers, self-reliance, free enterprise, personal responsibility, traditional morality, and heterosexual fidelity are all products of white privilege that should be dismantled and replaced through a neo-Marxist resolution. I offer that with this question. When we were all yelling at the teachers, the teachers' unions, who kept saying they didn't want to come back to school because it's they're too scared, uh, unless everybody has masks and has vaccines and so forth, and we yelled at them and said, get back in the schools and do their jobs. When I read stuff like this, uh, Dr. Piper, from the NEA, I want to backtrack on that. Stay home. Don't go do your jobs. I don't want those people anywhere around my children. Your thoughts? Well, I think I've said it multiple times on your show, Bob. You cannot cure cancer with Band-Aids. The only way to cure cancer is to go to the source and consider the carcinogens that you're consuming and stop it. You have to stop eating or consuming or smoking the bad things that it gave you the cancer in the first place. You can't cure it with a Band-Aid. And I would argue that the carcinogens that are corrupting our culture and destroying the very soul of our kids and of our country, those carcinogens are the ideas that are being peddled, this pablum that's coming out of our schools. Now, I know there's some good teachers listening right now. I'm not attacking you, good teachers. But this is my industry. I know from whence I speak. I gave my life to the ivory tower. But frankly, The strength of the ivory tower has crumbled. It's nothing but a pile of rubble right now. And it is a carcinogen that's being fed to our kids via critical race theory, via the LGBTQ rainbow alphabet soup of human identity. All of this is going to corrupt our culture and destroy our country. And the only way to cure it is to get your kids out of these schools and put them someplace where they're going to learn that 2 plus 2 is 4, 
and not the product of white privilege, and that morality is more important than materialism, and that maybe teaching your kids to be people of character rather than how to use a condom when they're in fifth grade would be the right start or a good start to actually correcting this nonsense. Two plus two is four, and not the product of white privilege. That is one of the best lines that I've heard in some time. Very well done, sir. We'll take a quick time out. We'll come right back with Dr. Everett Piper after this. AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's 1025. We'll continue now with Dr. Everett Piper for one more short segment. I want to talk a little bit about privacy in this segment, Dr. Piper, and um, how quickly it is eroding under the, uh, uh, under the Biden administration. The Democratic National Committee wants SMS carriers, short message service carriers, in other words, the carriers that provide you your texting services, to police private text messages as part of a new push against COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. Allies, this is according to the Daily Caller, allies of President Joe Biden, including the DNC, plan to engage fact-checkers more aggressively and work alongside phone companies to combat what they deem to be misinformation about vaccines shared via social media and private SMS messages. Now, Dr. Piper, they have been already blocking, covering up, providing you know uh, additional info or whatever they have to on social media because those are somewhat public services or public use. And when they see somebody posting something they don't like you know they take action but now we're not talking about posting something publicly this is like a private text message message from me to you dr piper and suddenly it shows up on your phone the message from bob france and then under it uh an asterisk and somebody else who's spying on our conversation saying yeah but here's more information about that yeah but that's not quite accurate here's what our fact checkers say is there going to be any privacy privacy left in the United States if this goes on? No. Um, again, uh, whether you're a secularist or whether you believe in the sacred, I mean, if you're a Christian or if you're just a conservative or if you're just wondering what you should be doing about all this nonsense and you're listening to uh, Bob Franz's show, you have to ask this question. Whatever happened to my body, my choice. Whatever happened to that progressive argument that you don't have any right to intrude on my body and what I do with it? Whatever happened to the argument that um, stay out of the bedroom, it's my privacy? Well, you know what? If you want to go into these arguments for privacy, radical privacy, which the progressives traditionally have held to be the summum bonum, the ultimate good, the first thing of all of life, then why did you all of a sudden chuck that all out the window when you've got political power, it seems that you're more interested in exercising that political power than holding to your principles of privacy, because now you're going to actually censor my private conversation between me and one other individual. And if you don't like my ideas, you're going to have somebody knock on my door. What are you going to? Well, uh, yeah, they're even saying that they're going to have somebody knock on your door now and say, well, we know that you haven't been vaccinated yet, and we think that you should. And all that information you're hearing from Bob Franz is all fake news. My land. Do these people want to learn a little bit about history? You might want to attend to what George Santayana said, and that he who doesn't learn the lessons of history is doomed to repeat them. And you might want to go back to the fascist states that have done all this stuff before and actually sent brown shirts to your front door to tell you that your ideas or your identity 
is unacceptable in the mind of the state. Yeah, I, you know, what I don't understand is, you know, as you pointed out, where is the my body, my choice? Where is that argument now when it comes to this? Those of us, look, I have nothing against people who choose to get the vaccine. I do believe it is their body and their choice. And if you make that choice, good luck to you. I hope you're not one of the thousands and thousands of people reported to the CDC website and the VAERS reporting system that suffer adverse effects, if not death, from your vaccine. But good luck for you. To you, that's your choice. Why do they insist on judging us? Especially if they are vaccinated they should have no fear of any germ that might be coming off of one of us it's become a virtue signal rather than um attending to actual science virtual science it's a virtue signal now to do this this is a sign of religious fidelity this is not grounded in science because the drug that we're talking about right now is still experimental by definition by definition, and I don't. If you want to take it, that's your business. I don't want to be a lab rat. And that's exactly what it is. That's exactly correct. You know, people say, you know, there weren't enough trials, enough human trials on this for them to get full FDA authorization. So that's why they did it under uh, emergency approval. Well, guess what? This is the human trial. At least that's my view of it, Dr. Piper. These are the human trials. We're trying them on millions of humans, and to make sure we have a big enough study, uh, uh, you know, for a control group for the study here, uh, we're, we're going to force as many people as possible to do it. They're literally experimenting us, on us right now. And I hate to phrase it in such ways, but I can't see any other way to describe it accurately. Uh, you're spot on. I, I, and again, I know some people have taken it for good reason. I don't want to right now because of the very reasons you've described. And I don't want somebody knocking on my door and telling me that what you've been saying today on this show is fake news and I should distance myself from you. Yeah, and I don't want anybody reading my private messages. They may be looking for vaccine misinformation, but they're going to see other things that I say that are just for you know one set of eyes only, the person that I send it to. It is not the government's business to intrude on my privacy in such ways. Dr. Everett Piper, uh, a lot of great ground covered today. Thank you so much, sir. All right, blessings. Take care. Thank you, Dr. Piper. It's 1030. We're going to get a timeout now, and when we come back, You remember my idea about a Trump phone? Remember what I told President Donald Trump personally, that I wanted him to start his own phone company, his own smartphone manufacturing company to put Apple and uh, and, uh, Google out of business as it pertains to their smartphones? Well, President Trump isn't doing it, but somebody is. We're going to talk to that somebody next on AM 1420 The Answer. safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer all right 10 35 we continue before uh, i go to our next guest i want to provide a little bit of background here on why i'm so excited about talking to my next guest in my conversation with President Trump from a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was what, the 24th, I believe it was, June 24th. You remember what I told President Trump about starting a smartphone company? Um, give this a listen, and 
you'll understand why I'm so excited about what, what we're about to do here. I, I don't want to own my iPhone anymore because of what Apple did. But the other option is, is an Android phone, which is owned by, by Google. They, they have the market cornered. And I, I wonder yep. out loud on these airwaves, is there a billionaire somewhere who could start his own smartphone company and bankrupt Apple and Google? And the first name I thought of was, well, Donald J. Trump. Would you ever consider <laughs> such a venture and, 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 and create the Trump phone? You'll have 75 million people who voted for you will buy one on yeah. day one. I, I, I hate these liberal companies that have the market cornered on the smartphone no, I know. Uh, technology. And, and they have their phones made in China, by the way. Just right on. Would you ever about think it, about something like that? Because I know you're th- talking about creating an app and other things to, right. to get out I of the social media you know, uh, uh, vice that they have you in. But what about your own phone line? So one thing about social media, it's very interesting. I do now press releases, and the New York Times of all media outlets, which is shocking, frankly, they did a story two weeks ago that I'm getting the same. You know, when I put out, like, a hit on this horrible governor from Arizona or from Georgia or from whoever, or a hit on the people from Michigan that are running it so badly in the Senate, that allow that to happen, you know, things to happen that shouldn't have happened. Uh, When I put out, I'm getting tremendous by putting out a statement. Now, with that being said, uh, over the next fairly short period of time, I'll be announcing something. And uh, stay tuned uh, during uh, the early part of July because somebody's got to do something with these uh, big tech companies. So watch, just watch what happens in the early part of July and I'd even speak to you. And we don't have to speak in front of the audience. You can tell this incredible audience that you have exactly what I said. But I think you're going to be very happy because somebody has to take these people on. Somebody has to take these people on, the president told me. And he was right. In early July, what did he announce? The lawsuit against Facebook and Twitter and Google uh, to try to bring these uh, these tech giants under control for their censorship of conservatives. But... He didn't mention that I'm going to take your advice, Bob, and start my own actual phone, smartphone manufacturing company. Well, our next guest did exactly what I wanted President Trump to do. Eric Finman joins us now. Who is Eric Finman? You have no idea. I didn't either until I saw this story. Eric Finman was a teenage millionaire. He became a millionaire at age 18, the youngest Bitcoin millionaire. Since then, he has been just a genius product and technology developer who is doing exactly what we're talking about. Eric Finman, thank you for joining us here in Cleveland. How are you? Hey, doing well. Thank you for that introduction. I had no idea that you asked uh, 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 number 45 that question. I mean, that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, well, you know, I... <laughs> well, when when they banned him, Eric, um, you know, from Twitter and from Facebook, I mean, that was the last straw. I I quit Twitter a year ago because I was getting shadow banned, like so many other conservatives. I was getting shadow banned. I was having my number of followers uh, dropped by ten thousand here and ten thousand there, and all this other nonsense. I just had had enough. But when they kicked President Trump off. I said enough is enough because you know what happened. He then went to Parler, like so many of us did. And what is what does Apple and Google do? They take Parler off of their app stores. So now we got nothing. So that's when it occurred to me, and I said we need the new hardware, not software. We need new hardware. We need new devices so that we don't have to rely on iPhone or Android, Apple or Google any longer. And 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 who better to to do something like this than Donald Trump? So I mean, you know, it was just a a natural progression of thought there, and that's why I was so excited when I saw the press release uh, about what you are doing. So 
Uh, after having said all of that, Eric, tell us exactly what you've done with the Freedom Phone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yesterday we launched the Freedom Phone to everybody. Um, and basically, yeah, I made this phone. It's a quality phone that has its own uh, uncensorable app store um, that has all the normal apps your normal phone has, but also banned ones as well. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, it's that way you can actually get the apps that promote free speech the, uh, uh, you know, like even Fortnite is even banned from the Apple App Store. These app stores are getting so cocky, and you see what they did. You know, Trump probably would have moved over to, to Parler to get his voice out. Um, and, he did. Uh, and that's exactly what set him down, you know, and all that. They, that's exactly it. And then, um, uh, and then also, in addition to that, adding kind of privacy and security features, like I actually have a phone that cares about your privacy and your security. Yeah, and that's that's what so many of us are concerned about is exactly that our privacy because we know we're being spied on and and about our security. As a matter of fact, I could tie this into a story I just did with my last guest. Um, you know, the DNC and the Biden administration are asking the SMS carriers to start monitoring people's private text messages um, uh, to to look for what they call misinformation about the COVID vaccine. So they're talking about, you know, they're already spying on us from a product standpoint. Now they're talking about spying on our text messages as well, Eric. Uh, how big of a concern is that to you? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, at least they had the decency before to at least lie to you that they weren't spying spying on you. Um, and then, and then they said, "Well, wait, okay, we are, you know, spying on you, but you know, just for your safety and your security." Um, but now, now it's like, "Oh, well, we're totally spying on you, and and you know, we're going to look through your text messages uh, just to, just to make sure you're not spreading any quote unquote misinformation, um, which is garbage." That's, that's, I mean. You know, to me, free speech is in America's DNA, and and to see that, uh, 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 you know, this this fall, you know, um, in the U.S., I think it's terrible. Which is why I wanted to, you know, rather than having everybody get kicked off Twitter or have the alternative apps, you know, get kicked off just one by one and doing like numbers, um, uh, you know, it's it's it's. I, I wanted to take the fight actually back to them and go on the offense. And that's that is so very much what is needed. Uh, we're talking with Eric Finman. Um, Eric, uh, before I, I want to talk more about your phone, and I want to talk more about privacy. But I want people to know, to know who you are. All I've got is your bio on Twitter. At age fifteen, you dropped out, moved to San Francisco, and and all of the rest. I'll let you tell the rest of your your story. How did you? Where where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Idaho, actually, um, in uh, North Idaho, actually, and that's that's where I grew up, and that's my background, and you okay. know that's uh, that's that's where I call you know the, the my original home. So uh, so yeah, I grew up in Idaho. So yeah, you dropped out of school. You you dropped out of school. Why'd you drop? You are obviously brilliant. You're you're a genius. Are you are are you are you a member of Mensa? Are you officially categorized as a genius? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you, 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 you you don't want to be part of Mensa anyway. <laughs> I love I, I love finding people smarter than me, so that's always nice. Um, but at least I think I'm smart enough to do a good phone. Well, there, well good. there's no um, doubt. People, I want to run. I want to like run it. down. I want to run down some of that background. You moved to uh, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, at age 15. Tell us the tell us uh, the rest of the the history there. Oh yeah, yeah. So I started a company. Um, had a little bit of Bitcoin money at that point. Dropped out of high school. To Silicon Valley, Palo Alto at 15, and uh, and then yeah, started my own company, um, which was really good. Eventually sold that company when I was 17, uh, put all that money back into Bitcoin, which was great. Um, and I uh, saw so was still trading Bitcoin, but put all that money back into Bitcoin. Yeah, 18 became the uh, uh, youngest Bitcoin millionaire, which was great. 
Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, that was, that was very cool. And then I did a couple other, um, companies and invested in a couple companies. But to me, I feel like now with Bitcoin doing as well as it has, I have, uh, finally have my FU money. And now I want to say FU, um, with this, uh, <laughs> with this phone project because <laughs> I care about free speech. And, and to me, it's like, I felt like, uh, I've noticed my friends, they, they felt dwindling hope, um, on, on the fight for free speech. And, and I mean, look at what we did in 2016 when, the social media platforms hadn't got, gotten gotten wise, um, or maybe the opposite of wise, to uh, uh, to banning people um, everywhere all the time because that that's what happens in 2016 is you get a true man of the people gets in because social media allows you to get your a message out or used to allow you to get your message out directly and then there's and then if we have our own platforms phones uh, uh, you know main social media app I mean you know we're we're going to be unstoppable because because these are going to be projects that share your values. Um, and actually fight to, you know, help, help win elections. Like, I plan to use this phone, you know, like when it's time to vote, you know, sending out a reminder to everybody um, and all that, you know, obviously in an annoying way, but, but to me, we, we want to set up a whole mission control station on, you know, how we can uh, mobilize the volunteers want to use the phone and all that, uh, how to activate people because this is, there's so many applications of doing the phone. And, you know, the first, the first one is this uncensorable app store because it's ironic that Apple, whose motto used to be Think Different, uh, and now they ban anyone who thinks different. That's crazy. Um, and we want to, you know, see so your phone. iPhone's just getting less and less features because you're not allowed to develop anything real or exciting. Um, so, you know, I want to give you a quality phone that is actually, you know, has has the apps that you want to get. We are talking with Eric Finman, the creator of the Freedom Phone. Um, I, I'm, I'm amazed at everything that you're talking about right now. I, I want to know more about the the privacy aspect of this because you said that's a big part of who you are and and you sound like you're a political conservative right yep yep 100 percent how how you survive how you surviving Silicon Valley by the way Silicon Valley which is as left as 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 Midtown Manhattan uh, I mean it's you know when you get mm-hmm. to the coast how are you surviving out there as a conservative trying to encroach on their world um, yeah I mean I think uh, I think they kind of didn't know I guess I was conservative up until yesterday when I launched the phone and, you know, I told some kind of, uh, some associates and, and some people I knew in, in that world, you know, what I was doing on the phone, you know, people you would actually know names of, um, but, uh, but they're like, don't do it, you know, cause they were either one anti free speech because they don't like how, uh, uh, free speech benefits conservatives because conservatives win in the free market of ideas. Um, and then the other half, you know, are pro free speech, but they're like, oh man, you're going to ruin, you know, you're, you have a nice reputation being the youngest Bitcoin millionaire. The media loves you. Um, and, and I was like, well, you know, if you, do, if you can't fight for free speech, and you know, then what can you have? There was a quote that I saw actually walking by in D.C., and it was on the side of a historical house in uh, Washington, D.C., and it said that from former Chief Supreme Court Justice, and it said, if you lose the right to be different, you lose the privilege to be free. And I thought that was wow. so true, because if, you, if we lose free speech, we lose the right to be different and the right to be ourselves and the right to have a voice and and to, to be who we all truly are. That's that's very well said. So so let's let's talk a little bit more about the privacy. In addition to having an uncensorable app store, which you're talking about on the Freedom Phone, I want to talk about the privacy aspect. My wife and I were sitting on our back patio. I had my cell phone in front of me, and she had hers in front of her. They weren't on. I mean, they're powered on, but we weren't using them. We're just sitting on the table, and we talked about getting uh-huh. rid of the pine trees that are creating too much of a mess in our yard and replacing them with other trees. Now we didn't type this in and search anything. We just talked. Okay. 
And then an hour and a half later, I went in the house and I got on my phone and I turned on Facebook and the first thing that popped up was an ad for a tree removal service. They're listening all the time through my current iPhone. Now, I don't know if that's a Facebook thing or if it's an iPhone thing. Will the Freedom Phone be listening to me the way all of those other ones are like that? Um, no, no, no. We're not going to be listening to you. You know, we make sure that, that uh, uh, you know, we don't have, like, Hey Siri or OK Google or any of those things where they're always listening to everything that you're saying. Um, no, we make sure that it's super secure. Um, we have actually this thing called Trust, um, and, uh, uh, and it's, it's kind of like clippy but less annoying. Um, and it doesn't just warn you about uh, any any websites or apps tracking you. It blocks them, actually. We silo every app on its own little digital island that you download onto the phone. That way you can't see anything that you're doing on the rest of your phone. Um, and, so so uh, the example and, yeah, I just I mean, gave, so, so the, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Eric, the example I just gave, was it my phone listening to me and hearing us talk about dropping trees and then sending me an ad, or was it Facebook listening to me? Uh, oh, is it your phone? I mean, it, that would be the app itself, exactly. So that's what I was saying with the bubble, you know, styling these uh, uh, these apps. That would be Facebook doing that. I mean, you have, uh, I mean, Apple listens to So all the will time. you be able to stop that if people go on Facebook on a Freedom Phone? Will, will, you, will you, your technology be able to stop Facebook from listening to me talk and then sending me ad uh, suggestions? Yep, absolutely. We put Facebook in every other app in its own little digital island, their own digital okay. bubble. That way it can't see anything else. It can't leave the bubble. It can't leave that. It can't look and go and go to the microphone and all that. It can't go and look into the camera um, and uh, and all that. So that's, that's what we totally, we totally prevent it from doing that. You've already sold me. Now you, know, now you got me because that's what I want. I want privacy and I want access to all of the apps that I choose, not uh, the ones that the, the other giant app store developers or app store uh, uh, providers you know, decide should be available and should not. So you will not censor apps. You will not uh, have uh, anybody be able to listen to our private conversations. Tell me what other features make the Freedom Phone better or different than, than the iPhone and the Android. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it comes preloaded. Uh, a couple things. Um, uh, it comes preloaded. Like, this is a conservative phone through and through, um, unapologetically. Uh, uh, you know, I think there's a rule, a law, um, in the sense of uh, uh, any company that is not explicitly conservative will become left eventually. And unfortunately, I think that's really true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're conservative phone through and through. It comes preloaded with Newsmax, ONN, Parler right on the home screen. Uh, you know, uh, Rumble, Telegram, Signal is one of the most Secure chat apps in the world. That's the default chat app. Brave browser is one of the most secure browsers in the world. That's that's the uh, the default browser. DuckDuckGo is the default search engine across the phone. That's right on the home screen. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean it's uh, wow. uh, it's it's you know we, we make sure that this is you know you, it's all secure and comes preloaded also just with the, the default apps are, are secure themselves. You've uh, you've got me, Eric. You've got me, and I guarantee you, there are people listening to my call or to our conversation on the the uh, radio side right now who are already looking for Freedom Phone. Where do people find it? Um, where do people find it? Um, yes. Freedomphone.com. Freedomphone.com. Check it out. See the website, and uh, and hey, if you like the idea? Go buy one. I love the idea, and I know my listeners do too. Tell me about pricing. How does this compare to the iPhones and the Androids? Do you have uh, Do you have that? Yeah. So you look at the you know the high end Android phones, high end Samsung phones are a thousand bucks. So we make it. So this is a similar quality, uh, and we make it half the price at at four ninety nine. Wow. So we didn't want to cheap out and make something crap, but uh, or pardon my French there, but um, uh, uh, but we wanted to make something quality, 
and uh, and good. So we didn't want to make it too too cheap or cheapen out materials, but we didn't want to make it where it was like uh, you know super uh, super absurdly expensive. So similar quality to an iPhone or a Galaxy and half the price. Freedomphone.com. And Eric, does um, d- does the Freedom Phone work with all of the same carriers? Can I? Because like right now, I think I have AT and T as my carrier for my iPhone. Uh, w- w- will AT and T carry the Freedom Phone? Um, well, yeah, you can uh, if you're in an AT and T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, or any other carrier. Literally, any other carrier, we we give you right in the box. Um, we give you instructions on how to transfer phones. Uh, obviously, keep your number, keep your plan. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, you're, you're good to go. Uh, it's a 60 second process and everything you need is in the box and you're good to go. You're checking every box, my friend. This is phenomenal. This I'm oh, not kidding. I've been, I, I'm not kidding, Eric. I, I've been saying this since last year when they did that to Trump, that I want to get out of the eye because, you know, I, I hate my iPhone because what Apple did to Trump. Well, okay, then what are you going to do? you got to get an Android. And guess what Google did to Trump? There was no third option. Yeah. And I've been screaming for it. And that's why I asked the president if he would do it. You've done it. And it's actually available right now, right? Yep, right now, freedomphone.com. Freedomphone.com. Eric Finman, a teenage millionaire, the first Bitcoin millionaire, uh, simply a technological guru. You built a Dr. Octopus uh, prototype, which is uh, helping people with prosthetics. I mean, simply incredible. And now we have the Freedom Phone. Eric, I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. I'm so glad to have one of us uh, working in the Silicon Valley, a realm of, uh, of the far left, and, and causing all kinds of problems for them. Congratulations on the Freedom Phone, and thank you for letting us know all about it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Eric Finman, Idaho resident, said, screw this. I'm going to Silicon Valley to rock their world and has done exactly that. The Freedom Phone is out right now. I'm not getting paid for this. This is not an endorsement. This isn't a commercial. This is my genuine excitement for a real opportunity for us to strike at the heart of liberal Silicon Valley and the big tech overlords that censor us. To hell with them. To hell with Apple. To hell with Google. I'm getting a freedom phone. How about you? 1054. We'll wrap it after this. Okay, 10.56. I've only got a few minutes here, but I want to spend them with Dakota Sawyer, who's been uh, working very, very hard, along with a lot of other great patriots in the state of Ohio, and trying to hold Ohio's school board, the Ohio's uh, 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 department, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say the State Board of Education, as well as local school boards accountable when it comes to curriculum and indoctrination. Dakota, uh, it's good to have you back on, sir. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing good. Well... Tuesday, we went to the State Board of Education meeting uh, after being told Monday morning that we were denied the ability to testify due to some buzzwords that we used in our testimony, uh, like critical race theory or the 1619 Project. Uh, and basically, they told us you can't testify. Even one of our, uh, who we had a press conference with, Robert Owens, was had his testimony on two voting items that was being debated at the state board on Tuesday, and they denied him the ability to speak. So we basically went to the board meeting to at least watch it. They said, no one's allowed upstairs. We'll allow eight people in this little side room, and they can watch it on a projector. Can't, 
you can't even use the bathroom. It's a publicly funded building, and you can't even use the bathroom in the Department of Education building. Go on. Yeah, and so basically, they told us that we could, that we were denied the ability to view it. We were denied the ability to speak before it, uh, and we told this to the press on Tuesday that this is an absolute disgrace. Uh, we spoke to two legislatures, uh, legislators, uh, one in the House and one in the Senate, uh, and they were extremely disappointed to see the state school board do this, uh, and they were looking at the possibility of dropping legislation to ban this from ever happening again, uh, because this is a publicly funded board, they're elected, and uh, they refused to allow anybody to speak on topics that they did not wish uh, to hear about. It is unbelievable to me, and I, you know, I talked to John Hagen, who's on that board, and I talked to Kristen Hill, who are on that board as well. Uh, it is unbelievable to me that this is a board of uh, being run by a board president who is a Republican. She is the one appointed by yeah. John Kasich, making all of these decisions to lock out patriots like you who wanted to come there and testify uh, uh, about critical race theory and these things, and to treat you the way that she has is simply unbelievable. But, Dakota, your efforts are not unnoticed. We appreciate you very much, as well as all of the other patriots there, and I'm glad you called to let us know what's going on. Call me back tomorrow on a free-for-all Friday, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about it, Dakota. Thanks so much. Yeah, perfect. You got it, my friend. We're out of time for today, though. Thanks to all of my guests. We'll see you tomorrow on The Authority. Bye-bye.